Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. In a minute, I'm going to play you an interview I did with Redskins Senior VP of Player Personnel Doug Williams after Saturday's rookie minicamp session focusing on quarterback Dwayne Haskins. And I'll get to my first impression of Haskins and what Jay Gruden told me in a minute. Now, keep in mind for all these players, it's just a first look and nothing more. Another big step will take place when OTA start in a week. There are five players I'm going to focus on because in these settings, it's hard to get a feel for most players. So there won't be any offensive line talk. They're in shorts and t-shirts, and it's really not until training camp that you get to a feel for those guys. So I'm going to leave the Redskins offensive line rookies out of this mix. We only had 75 minutes available to us on Saturday. So you got to focus on the guys where you can glean some information. And with the linemen, it's really hard to do that. And the first guy I'm going to mention was also hard to get a feel for as well, and that's linebacker Montez Sweat. And I say that because there wasn't a whole lot that we saw him do. There was no full team work. Um, But I have to mention him for a simple reason. You can see the impressive build. He's chiseled. He has long arms, which always helps a pass rusher. You saw the athleticism during some of the individual drills when I was able to sneak a peek down there, watch him jump up and catch a ball, or just the way he moved. He can run, and even Jay Gruden joked afterwards that he runs faster than anyone else they have. Now, a few veterans would be happy to challenge that assertion, but the point remains, he's fast. Sweat remains a tremendous value pick at 26 in the first round. I like what he adds more than what Preston Smith did. I think he's going to bring some more energy. I think he's very athletic. Both those players had length. Uh, I think when Preston Smith was a rookie, there were times the veterans had to remind him to never stop running to the ball. Now, Smith paid attention and improved there, but it's something that he came with needing to improve, at least get better and more consistent at. I don't think that's going to happen with Sweat. I think he's going to make a pretty good impact this year. Now, let's get on to Terry McLaurin, the receiver, third-round pick from Ohio State. What I like, the speed. That jumped out. We saw that in red zone drills. You saw that in other in other um, instances, and I think that speed is going to get some corners to at times back off, and I think McLaurin runs really good routes. I liked how he came in and out of his breaks. You saw him driving some guys off, breaking down and cutting and creating separation, in part because I think of that fear of his speed. I liked how he attacked the defender's leverage. There was one red zone pass that he hooked up with um, Haskins that I put on Twitter, and you could see that. It attacks the cornerback. And then he breaks to the outside, but the corner and the quarterback has to open up. He creates separation through the speed, but also because I think he attacked the leverage. And that's something when I talked to somebody uh, later in the organization, that's something they said that's what they saw at Ohio State. And that's clearly something they saw this weekend. And I think that was a good thing for them to see. Again, before anybody goes crazy, just know that he's doing this against guys who are lucky to get invites to camp. Uh, but again, in talking to people in the organization, he showed what they had hoped. They know he has work to do in order to help during the season, but they like that he has the speed to play X. He has the size to play Z, where you have to be a little bit more physical, and he also can run routes from the slot. So I think he's going to find a way to help them in multiple ways. Now, the other receiver, Kelvin Harmon, the six-round pick. 
He's another guy that they saw in person what they saw on film. Uh, the scouting report I got back from people in the building was that he's quick at the line, big and physical. And you saw some of that. The reason he slipped to the sixth round is because he's not fast. And teams considered him kind of a stiff receiver. Doesn't mean he, that doesn't mean bad. It just meant in his movements. They will work on him at using his size and length more to his advantage. But they hope he can develop into a reliable target after the practice session, Jay Gruden kind of likened him to a Mohamed Sanu, a bigger guy who can run routes also from the slot. So I think Harmon's physical style will help them. I don't know when he's going to help them, but I think ultimately he will. Next up, corner Jimmy Moreland. And there's a lot of love for that guy on social media. And it's funny because there's this narrative out there right now that Moreland already is a Redskins best cover corner. In fact, Doc Walker came up to me on the sidelines during the practice, and he even said that. And um, somebody else said Sean Springer said that. I don't know. What I do know is I ran that by somebody in the organization, and he just kind of laughed. See, basically, let's slow the roll on that talk for now. They really do like Moreland, and they feel he has a legitimate shot at winning a roster spot and then contributing. Let's take our time here. He is making a pretty big jump, and he's got some size there's some size discrepancies. He's only he's not a big guy. So I think you got to see how that plays out. But what you saw this weekend, and this is what I really like, is a kid who loves to play and has some attitude. He's physical. He's competitive. He did get beat at times. I saw a couple guys, including Harmon, get him down the field a little bit. And that's you know because I think some of the physical style. Moreland can be a little bit handsy, and we'll have to learn where and when to use his hands. And I think that's something that a lot of rookie corners have to adjust to. For example, on some routes, I saw him putting his hand on the receiver about 10 to 15 yards down the field, had them up around the shoulder. Now, there was no penalties called in this sort of a seven-on-seven setting. In the future, he's going to have to learn to lower them and keep them out of the ref's vision. I go back to that Tennessee game last year where Fabian Moreau got called for that pass interference penalty. You can debate the merits whether it was a good call or not, but I think one of the reasons it got called because his hands were a bit too high, were too high on the receiver in full view, and sometimes those guys are going to call that whether it's a legitimate uh, flag or not. So lower them, get them out of the vision, and it gives you a better chance. That's something defensive back coaches will talk about. It's something I saw Bashad Breland have to go through several years ago, and he did. And it's not difficult. Um, again, Breland did this, and by training camp, Breland was better at it. I expect Moreland to be better at that, but I love. The attitude, And I think that's partly what gives him a chance. One member of the organization told me that one thing they liked about him before the draft is he plays like he doesn't give a bleep. And he didn't say bleep. There's the, there's the F word. But that was the mentality that he has. And that's what they're bringing. And that's what they're, they're hoping to build upon. But again, what the skins liked, he's aggressive. He has a skill set. He's a quick twitch guy who likes to jump routes that leads to big plays and sometimes the wrong way. But they do feel he has a chance to make it and then ultimately help. Now on to the big topic, Dwayne Haskins. Before I get into the observations, after practice, I talked with Coach Jay Gruden for a story that I'm going to run on ESPN on Wednesday about Haskins. I think it's Wednesday. Gruden said, actually, Gruden told me this for a story that ran this weekend, but I did talk to him about some other stuff. Um, he said the next month or so will be important for the quarterback because it would give them some direction heading into camp about how they should proceed with this quarterback competition. If Haskins, what Gruden told me is that if Haskins shows he's far behind, they're going to have to push Case Keenum and Colt McCoy out there more as the main competitors for the job. If Haskins shows he's right on schedule or ahead of schedule, 
He's definitely going to be right in the mix and will have a chance to win this job. And that's how it should be. Yes, that also means the higher, higher ups in the organization. Let this kid proceed at his pace. And I think it will pay off in the end if everybody does that. Now, here's another little teaser, too, about my conversation with Gruden. This is, again, for that story I was talking about. I believe it's going to run Wednesday. And it's about what impressed them the most in their pre-draft meetings with Haskins. They already knew the skill set. You could see that on film. So it has to do with the mental part of the game. What stood out to them? It wasn't just there was a lot of work on the whiteboard, but there was something very specific that Haskins was able to um, tell them that I think allowed them to feel pretty good about him. And again, it's part of the game. They feel gives them a chance to succeed. Um, excuse me, that'll be run Wednesday. The little teaser is that it had to do with his ability to uh, diagnose, protect, you know, to help with protections. And it wasn't just that he was taking calls from the sidelines with the coaches. He was able to shout, you know, to give help at the line as well. Some quarterbacks just rely too much on the coaches on the sidelines. That wasn't Haskins. Now, as for our impressions, there were a couple things. He has a presence. That's what that's about his size, but also about how he carries himself. You just can see it and when you're around him. He knows who he is, but he's not being cocky about it. And I, I can't say that we saw like these great leadership skills because I think it's hard to see that this weekend. The concern for him is getting better, not proving that he's some coming in and gonna be some grab your throat leader. That's not what this is about. Um, what impressed some people in the organization is that he knows how to proceed in that area. He wasn't always the leader at Ohio State when he got the job. Remember, he sat for two years, gets a job. Terry McLaurin was more the leader on that offense by, you know, based on people that you talk to. But Haskins understands how he must grow in that role. And that, again, that's what the organization likes. He has the traits, but he knows it's about proving himself on the field to the veterans. That's a smart strategy. And that's something we'll start to see again in a week when they're all here for the OTAs together and especially during training camp. Um, but I think that's a good approach to have. On the field, they worked a lot on footwork during the individual individual drills. They always do that, and it, but it's going to be a point of emphasis with Haskins. I did see some new drills that focused on moving in the pocket, resetting the feet, and throwing or just throwing also on the move. Some of those to me were new. Now, that could also be because you have a new quarterback's coach. He's implementing new drills. It may be because they're trying to build that part of Haskins' game. I know that that's a part of the game they want to build, but we'll see how they do that with Case Keenum and Colt McCoy when they're out there, if it's the same stuff. And my guess is it probably will be to a degree, but I know that it was a point of emphasis with him. And also like getting him comfortable from taking the ball under center um, and dropping back, handing off, that kind of stuff. That's the footwork they're also going to work on because that's something that has to, that will be new for him, at least during a game setting um, at a high level. You could see the arm talent. It's not like he has a John Elway Howitzer or something like that, but he throws a very nice ball, clean and effortless. There were times he missed on targets, sometimes too high or in positions where they couldn't really run after the catch. I saw that too at Ohio State. But I also know right now he's throwing to guys he doesn't know except for McLaurin, and you could see the comfort level he has with that receiver. But I know what pleased some in the building is how Haskins is through, how Haskins threw with anticipation at times. There were times I saw him throw before the receiver broke. That's what you want to see. That's a good sign. Other times he waited until the guy was open. And that's something he's going to have to get better at, be more consistent with. And there was a question about him before the draft. 
By showing it could do it this weekend, though, it let the Redskins know that he's capable of it. Had he not shown any of that, there would be some worry that it would ever happen. But they did see it. They saw that they can build on that, and that's a good sign for him. They'll need to see it during the preseason games when he's under duress. That's the big key for any quarterback, but they liked what they saw this weekend. It was a good start, but that's what you need to keep in mind the most. For all these players, it's just a start. But a good start certainly beats a bad one. Now, before I get into my conversation with Doug Williams, I wanted to answer one question from my guy, Brian Murphy, a.k.a. Homer McFanboy. That's what his handle is on Twitter. I saw him Saturday. He shoots for extreme skins, shoots photos for extreme skins. And his question was about taking guys like Montez Sweat and Bryce Love, two guys who came into the draft with health questions. Why would an organization dealing with so many injuries the last couple of years take chances on guys who may have health issues? A lot of guys have stuff, but I want to run this by someone in the building, and, and their answer is pretty simple. They didn't have medical concerns with Sweat about the heart condition because he passed their tests. So there was no concern in that area. And with Bryce Love, there's no injury history. I think that's a big key. There are guys they've taken off the board over the years because they either don't finish seasons repeatedly or they've been hurt every year. Uh, They took a chance on Chris Thompson a few years ago coming out of FSU. He had an injury history in college, and that followed him here. But so did the talent. So when he's healthy, he's very productive. But that durability, what they saw in college, has played out in the NFL. Still very good. He's had a good career, but that durability is always an issue. With Love, he doesn't have that history. So they felt very comfortable taking him in the fourth round presents tremendous value if he is healthy and better than most fourth-round picks you're going to find. If they, and the other, the other factor here is if they wrote off every player with an injury, there wouldn't be enough left to choose from in most of these rounds because most guys in college have something that they've had to deal with. But again, the key is, and I think with Love, the other key is that Dr. James Andrew did the surgery. Well, he provides information to the Redskins. He's, their, he's one of their doctors. And none of the teams that Andrews works with took love off the board. That's my understanding. So I think you can feel comfortable if something happens, maybe it's fluky. I mean, listen, there have been guys who were completely healthy in college, get to the NFL. I think Rashad Penny is another name that I heard. Didn't have an injury in college, gets to the NFL and gets hurt right away. So you never know. That's why you take chances on guys with talent and they don't view this as a big risk because they like what the medicals that they have. Let's get on to my conversation with Doug Williams. Draft stuff with, with Dwayne, and like I heard from a lot of people, like how impressive he was just during the meetings and like doing the whiteboard stuff and all that with the plays. How you know, first of all, do you recall that? Like, what anything that stood out with him in that area? Yeah, you know, thing, the thing about it, when you have those meetings, you don't have a lot of time, right? And uh, you you want to really see how the players engaging with with the coaches that are in there and how they handle the questions that are asked of them, and 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 a little bit they do on the board. They don't have a lot of time, but. You know, you get about four or five minutes just asking questions about certain plays that, that they ran at their school, you know, and what you call this coverage, what was the play, what's the recall and stuff. I mean, he just just blessed thing out just like really? that. Oh, yeah. And, and you could tell the, the kid is sharp. He's engaging. 
great personality and great communication skills. When he's able to do that, as a, you're a former quarterback, you know what all that's about. So when he's able to do it like that, what does that say about him? It's, it says one thing, he enjoys what he's doing and he understands that he has to be that type of person to get the job done. You know, you watch him in practice and, and just watch him how he walks up to the line and everything. Seems like he's done that before, even though they played in the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things as a quarterback you want to see is what he's done the last two days is go up on and take a snap. That's the first snap he fumbled today, but right. he's been doing pretty good. And getting the, getting the team out of, out of the huddle and looking around, make sure everybody's lined up. You can see that he's, he's had a lot of work on, on that on the offseason. He understands that that's what he's going to have to do when he get here. And going back to the board stuff, now are you talking about at the combine that you only had the four or five minutes for yeah, that? Yeah, that's the only time I'm in there when, okay. when they come in there. When they so go when, to the coaches, I don't mess, I don't go in and they meet. Okay, so you weren't in there for that. Like when he came visited here, were you involved in any of those meetings? Yeah, but when I when I came here, you know, I met his family and stuff like that. But when it comes to the coaching, that's up to quarterback So you get coach. out of the room at that, that point? That's, that's out of my, my, my rim right there. So when at the at the combine, with it, were there, were there, was there a moment or a play or anything that he said that stood out to you? I, I can't remember because we was talking about their plays. Okay. And he was just explaining to on certain throws that he made and why did he make this throw. But he, what Jay used to do is show him some good plays and get them all hype, and then he come back and show him a couple of his bad plays and want to know why you make that decision. And he had answers for it. That's mm-hmm. the key. You know, when when you, when he answered what he should have done mm-hmm. and that he didn't do, he realized and he got great recall. He he's not sitting there saying, "Well, what play is this?" As soon as you show it to him, he calls the play out mm-hmm. and say, "You know what? I should have done this and I should have done that." So that 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 tells a lot that he understands what he didn't do and what he should have done. Because the one thing, and I've done a lot of talked to a lot of people about him, and the, and the intelligence part always comes up with him. And the ability to watch, you know, how much he likes watching film, what he's put into that. Can you? See, I mean, is that an example of that? Is that? Can you see that? Could you tell that? I, I think you could tell it about the season he had last year. Because okay. number one, you're talking about a kid that's been behind a few quarterbacks. Yeah. Had patience, sat mm-hmm. down, and, and he watched everybody else. And when he got his opportunity, got his shot, he shined. Mm-hmm. So that tells you a lot that he didn't spend his time not paying attention to what was going on. I, I'm sure he's looking at it from the standpoint when I get my opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of it. I think that's what he did. How, how hard is it to have the gra- that grasp of the game? Because like, not everybody's going to have that. And how hard is that? I think, I think it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. He understood what he, had, what he wanted to do and how, what it was going to take to get it done. He knew, you know, p- playing behind the Barrett's and all those guys, that if he didn't pay attention to what was going on and when he did get a shot. Because, you know, usually as a coach, what you want the guy that's not in there, even if he's not taking a rep, to know what's going on. So I think he proved one thing, that he wasn't taking the reps, but he proved one thing, that when I get my opportunity, that uh, I'm, I'm going to let you know that I, I was paying attention. What what stood out about you, just you talked about getting under center and all that, but just when he's throwing the ball here <laughs> this weekend, what stood out for you with that? I think the same thing stood out to me like it's not to anybody else. It don't take long for the ball to get to point A and point B. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it was, that was pretty noticeable, wasn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it, too? Because, like, we're coming out here, and he's throwing to guys that may not even be here in July. Um, so how hard is it to, like, are you looking at how he's hitting guys, or are you looking at more how the ball jumps out? I mean, because the results of the play may vary just because of who you're throwing to sometimes. So what do you? I think it's both. You, you know, how the ball jumps out, number one, but at the same time, you know, 
a lot of guys, like you say, one probably won't be on this team. We don't know. Right. But but as a quarterback, you got to have a mentality no matter who's on the team. If it's open, it's my job to get into him. You know, because you don't throw the ball blind. You got to see the guy. And he got to be able to gauge where they are and where the ball should be. And I think he's done a good job on the out routes. Uh, we know he can throw the deep ball. You know, he got the ball out of his hand quickly uh, coming from under center. And that's the thing you want to see. There was a, the last thing is, too, there was a lot. It seemed like, I know you guys are going to do this with a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of work on the footwork and, and all that. How important is that for his development and just kind of improving that area? I think for him it's, it's, it's very important because, number one, he took most of the snap from right. the shotgun. So footwork is, is real vital for him because you, you won't take a bunch of snaps from shotgun. He'll take some, but a lot of it's going to be from under the center, and it's good to be able to do both as well as you can do the shotgun. you got to be able to cover them on the center. And it also looks like some of that footwork is also in the pocket, resetting your feet and getting your feet with the... And, and I watched them today. They worked on that. If the rush is coming, you got to be able right. to hump, you know, move those shoulders and move your body and skip up and, and still make the throw on the move. And, and they worked on that. And something that we've always done with all the quarterbacks. So he's not the only guy that we've done it with. You excited to see him in July now? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad to see him I mean, out here a lot the last two days. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good for Cam. It's going to be good for him because you're talking about a young guy who's very humble. You know, so that's a good part about it. Cool. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate right, it. Right. Well, I hope you appreciated Williams' insight. That's all I have for you this week. And on Wednesday, I'm going to have Sal Palantonio on with me. He, of course, was at Redskins minicamp on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about Dwayne Haskins and some other matters involving the Redskins. Thanks for listening.